everybody. Welcome back to Looking for the Real God. This is Christy Lynn Wood. Fair warning, today is going to be a rambling rant. Join me as I talk about faith in ashes, control, scandal, and truth in Jesus. As I said in the intro, I'm giving you a fair warning that this episode is a bit of a ramble and possibly a bit of a rant as well. Yesterday, I got back from my very first hope retreat. So this is a day retreat that I hosted at a nearby retreat facility, I guess you could call it. It's a beautiful farmhouse that a couple renovated just for things like this. And we had a wonderful day together me and three of my friends just seeking God and spending time with him in solitude, in silence, as he led us, as he um, just directed us and guided us. And it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. During that time with God, I was just reminded of a lot of who I am, the things that he's called me to do, to be, what my message is. I had time to kind of contemplate the idea of starting a new podcast in the beginning of the year, one that would have a YouTube channel attached to it. So just things happening. I began to read this amazing book by Henry Nouwen talking about just the desperate need we have as people who are serving others to be people who are humble and real, who spend time in solitude and in silence and who pray. And it was just really beautiful. I was reminded that the message that God's put on my heart is that religion is not enough, that Jesus is the only thing that is enough, that you can know God and be transformed by him, and that Jesus is welcoming you with open arms. Honestly, hosting my first hope retreat was a dream come true. It was amazing to be able to provide a place, an opportunity, time for people to just meet with Jesus and encounter Jesus in such real ways. We had three different check-in times throughout the day where we just kind of shared with each other what we've been experiencing and how God had been moving in our hearts and what he'd been showing us through scripture, through books, through song, like whatever it was that he was showing up and having a chance to just talk about that. And it was amazing. It was truly amazing. I really hope to do more of that in the future. And you will hear about that as you keep track of me on my Substack and social medias and stuff like that. One of the things that I did while I was there in the afternoon was to write a Substack letter that I put out this morning. And in it, I just talk about what do we do with the ashes of our faith? And a couple weeks ago, I found out that Mike Bickle, founder of the International House of Prayer in Kansas City, has been accused by several people of decades-old sexual abuse, sexual harassment, spiritual abuse, just a mess. And the people that I follow who are former IHOP staffers are very unimpressed with the way that IHOP KC is handling the situation and how they are not just being very forthright with what's going on, but they're trying to cover their own butts, trying to keep control over their congregation, over the people that are working for them. And just it's just really messy. Like it's not, they're not handling it well at all. And it just reminds me of so many other situations that we've been seeing and hearing about in the past few years. 
And so I just kind of pondered that. You can find that at, sub, at my substack, christylynwood.substack.com. And guys, it's it's devastating. And there's so many people out there who have been just destroyed and their faith has been destroyed because of these high control, high demand environments. It can be as simple as some of these YWAM bases that people go to or the world race mission trips for a year that they go around the world. And there's there's so many situations out there, churches, organizations, just junk within evangelical Christianity that is so much about control and about power and about formulas and it's messy. I don't like it. And I hate that we keep having these same scenarios over and over again. And I'm not sure if that's worse or if those of us who know of situations that have yet to be exposed and are just sitting there waiting for God to reveal the truth to people. We've got churches and organizations that we know are a mess, that we know have this systemic narcissism inside of them, that we know are being run by abusive leaders, that we know are broken to the core and yet they are not yet been revealed. It's not yet come out. Will it ever come out? I don't know. These things destroy our faith. They destroy everything that we thought was real and true and good. And as I shared in my Substack this morning, like it's just so broken and messy. And I feel like it almost gets worse because some of us, everything burns down. And if you followed me for long, you know my story. If you read my book, you know my story. But it burns to the ground. And for me, I had this golden nugget in the center, and that was Jesus. Because even in the middle of the craziness, I had met him and I knew that he was real. I knew that he loved me. I knew that he wanted a relationship with me. And so I was able to rebuild my faith once, twice, three times, probably more than that before the end of my life around Jesus Christ. But if it burns to the ground, there's nothing left. If you've never actually met Jesus for yourself, if everything you experienced was religion, was formulas, with lies, and you never understood who Jesus was, or how to be in a relationship with him, what are you supposed to do then? What are you supposed to do then? Do you walk away? Many people do. Do you try to search and start over again when everything that you have to search with and this Bible that you're trying to read and figure out what truth is was used to abuse you? Like, there's, It's so broken, you guys, and it's so messed up, and I hate it. So I was thinking about that during my hope retreat. I was thinking about just the mess that this world's in. I was thinking about just the mess in Christianity. There's so many places that are just using the same kind of ideas to control, to manipulate the formulas, the faith promises, the false and twisted scripture. Think of Bethel and the NAR movement. There's just so much within Christianity right now that's broken. We had a guest speaker at church today, and he was talking about sharing the gospel and about just how if they do these different surveys that many, many, many Christians, two-thirds of Christians, supposedly, according to the survey, don't have any idea how to share the gospel. And I want to say, like, the ones who think they do, a bunch of them are wrong, too. We give these performance-based gospels. We give this heavy-handed, sin-laden gospels. We miss the part where... God loves us and wants a relationship with us. 
We missed the part where we were intended to be in a relationship with God. We were created to be able to have a relationship with God. There's just so much that is broken and screwed up, and it's it's devastating. It's devastating. I hate the abuse, the scandal, the cover-ups. I hate the formulas, the unbiblical extras, the false promises. I hate the high-demand, high-control places that are wrecking people's faith. And even within Christianity that's more orthodox and traditional and evangelical these days, like there's still this just, I see it everywhere, this just desire to control. People talking about obedience and how you need to obey God so he can bless you. Just this heavy-handed, like follow the rules, follow the rules. And even our gospels, even the gospel this morning they were talking about was very much like convincing someone they're a sinner. And then finally, once they've convinced they're a sinner, then you let them know that Jesus died to save you. A religion of gospel like that that's based on behaviors is going to continue to be based on behaviors. Can we please have a gospel that's based on a loving God who created us in his image to have a relationship with us? And that sin, the reason it's so awful is that it broke that relationship, that it broke us, that it mangled us at our core, that it corrupted us. And yet that we are still this weird paradox of beautiful image of God and twisted, corrupted selfishness and sin. And Jesus loved us so much that he came down to show us who God was, to live with us, to die for us, to take the punishment of the sins of the world on himself, to take the consequences. Like he always always planned to, that was always the plan, to restore us to a relationship with God, to restore us to the beautiful image of God that we were created to be in to transform our hearts. Problem is there's not a whole lot of control within that gospel. And I think that's the problem with discipleship that's not based on formulas and lists of rules and standards. Like if you don't have this heavy-handed obedience and follow these rules and this list, how do you control people? And I guess my question is, why do we feel the need to control people? Why can't we just tell them, like, because of Jesus, you now have access to a relationship with the God who made you. Go and live in that relationship. Read the word. Pray with him. Spend time with him. Soak in the things that he's saying to you. Allow him to transform you. Surrender to the power of his Holy Spirit. Like, allow him to speak to you and work through you and in you and change you and live with you. Like, go and be in that relationship. Go and be free. Why do we have to hand them a list of rules that say, follow this, be obedient, do this, do that? And I really think it comes down to that control. If we don't have that sense of control, how can we guarantee that someone's actually following God? Who cares? Why is it our responsibility to make sure someone is following God the way we think they should? Do we not think the Holy Spirit is truly real? Do we not think the Holy Spirit is actually God, that he's capable of doing the things the Bible says he's capable of doing? of convicting of sin and righteousness and judgment? Is he not capable of turning our hard and stony hearts into hearts of flesh? Is he not capable of drawing us to himself in a beautiful way? I know what I believe, and that is he is capable. I believe that a relationship with Jesus is far more important than following the rules. I believe that he does not care as much about us getting things right as he does about our hearts being with him in humble love. I believe that true obedience comes out of a place of adoration and love and knowing somebody and saying, I want to be like you. I want to surrender to you. I want to allow you to work through me. I want to give this to you. I want to, I want to follow you. 
When I think about Jesus calling his disciples, I think we just so much miss in our Western cultures. Read that story. In the Middle East, disciples were not called. Disciples had to ask to follow. If you were not worthy of following a rabbi, they would tell you, no, you weren't a good disciple. You weren't smart enough. You didn't have what it took to be a disciple. So you could ask, you could beg, and they could say no. Jesus didn't do it that way. He went to people who had already been rejected. They didn't have what it took, so they went back to their father's trade. These were not people who were the top of the line, learned scholars that rabbis would seek. And instead of having them ask Jesus to follow them, he saw them. And he said, follow me. And it was an invitation, not a demand. And every one of them took that invitation. And they said, yes, we'll follow you. And it was an invitation to to get to know him. When he says, take and learn from me, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. It was not talking about a yoke, a wooden yoke they carry water with or yoke for oxen. It was literally talking about his understanding of commands, his understanding of the the Torah. He was saying, take my yoke upon you, take my teachings upon you, that they're light, that they're easy, that it's not a burden. And yet we turn around, we make it a burden and we put it on people and we weigh them down. Guys, we have become the Pharisees. We have become the religious leaders in the evangelical church. And we are destroying people's faith. And that's not okay. It's easy for people to say, hey, we're servants of God. We need to follow his rules. We need to do the things he's asked us to do. We're We're obeying him. But Jesus himself, Jesus himself told his disciples, I'm not calling you servants. You're my friends. John chapter 15, he says, No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I've called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. He was radical. He was backwards and inside out and upside down. And I'm not saying that we just do whatever we want. People who are who are so obsessed with rules, they often think that people are just saying, well, we can just live however we want. You can. You can live however you want. Like there's nothing to stop you from living however you want. But you don't have to. Because living in selfishness and living in pride and living in greed and all the things that are sin, it's so exhausting. It's so unsatisfying. And we don't have to live like that anymore. We've been allowed to be in a relationship with God, to be called the friend of God, to be called the daughter and the son of God. And so we don't have to live as servants. We don't have to live as slaves. We can live in a close family relationship with God. And out of that relationship, we will change. I wish there was a way to like do a scientific experiment about this. Take one person who's just following the law and following the steps and following the rules and take somebody else who's actually getting to know Jesus and look at their lives at the end of a year and see what happens. I can guarantee the person who's living knowing Jesus is going to be like him in a much more real way. 
I know that I've been called to talk to Christians, which is unfortunate for me because (laughs) I feel like it's a lot of times like talking to religious leaders these days. They think they're fine. They think they've got it figured out. Like, I'm, I'm fine. And so I think I end up talking to people who have been burned and abused and rejected by Christians and giving them hope in the same way that Jesus did. The point of this rant is just to remind you that it's nothing that we do. It's nothing we do. And that all these false things, all these formulas, all of these things they tell you you have to do to be close to God, all of the rules, all of the religion, all of the extra nonsense, all of the extra charismatic junk where if you don't do this, that, and the other thing that you haven't proved that you're actually following God or whatever, all of the false prophets, all of the everything extra that we have brought willingly into our Christianity in the last little bit. None of that is real. None of that matters. The only thing that matters is that Jesus, who was God, came to earth to show us who God was. He died on the cross in our place. He rose again, and he freely gives us a relationship with himself. He's bringing us back into that restored place of relationship with God that we had in the Garden of Eden, and that is what matters. And living into that relationship is the only thing that will satisfy us. And it might not be fancy or big or powerful or fun or whatever. It might just be ordinary and boring, and you might have a boring, ordinary life, but it will be good. It will be so good because Jesus had a boring, ordinary life. And it was beautiful. So my prayer for you guys is just that you will recognize truth from lies, that you will embrace the simplicity of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that you'll begin to pursue a relationship with this mysterious and crazy unseen God who is yet so real and so knowable, that you will read the Bible for yourself and find out what it actually says instead of what everyone tells you it says, and that you will meet Jesus. So that even when your faith gets completely torched by these ridiculous fake Christians, that you won't be able to let go of him because he's so real. That's my prayer. Thanks for listening, guys. Until next time, keep searching. If you enjoyed this podcast, I'd love to have you join me over on my Substack at christylinwood.substack.com. For newsletters, notes, and a community of people who are searching for the real God.